0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network.
1: Welcome to The Bridge. I'm your host, Marilyn Houghton Marriott, and you are listening to the Along Came a Writer Network. Over time, we'll talk about uh, everything from depression, anxiety, to how to raise a healthy child in a sick world. I'll be interviewing some great writers and other wonderful people, but I want callers to feel free to call in to ask any questions you have about mental health issues our advice concerning your children. Most of all, we'll have a good time together. My first book, The Children of Main Street, will release on November 15th, and the sequel, God Bless the Child, will release October 15th of next year. But today, I have a guest. I have Eva Marie Everson. She's a freelance journalist, writer, speaker, and political activist. She is a multiple award-winning author and speaker who hails from the picturesque southern town of Savannah, Georgia. She's president of WordWeavers, director of Florida Christian Writers Conference. She's the managing editor of Firefly Southern Fiction. Eva Marie enjoys coaching new authors through her company, Pen in Hand. She is an avid photographer who enjoys turning the photos into memes. She makes her home in Central Florida. Hello, Eva. Hi. Uh, I want to correct
0: you. (laughs) I'm not a political activist. That's okay. There is a... um... What?
1: Okay, this is Marilyn Houghton Marriott, and I don't know what happened to my guest. Eva, are you there? Eva. Can you hear me? Okay. I can now, but your call ended, so I had, I just told our our viewing audience (laughs) that we had a temporary little problem. And we are back yeah. on the air right now, and Eva is live and well. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, I don't know what happened. I was I was explaining that I had a name squatter on my, you know, that she's using my name on her website, and uh, oh, and then everything just okay. went dead. So, uh, but anyway, there there are two Eva Marie Everson, you know, coms out there, but mine says author at the end of it, and I'm not the political activist, so you um, oh, <laughs> okay.
1: Well, well, I wondered about that, but I, the reason yeah. I went with it, since it was on your little blog thing, and I know that you do go to Washington, D.C., and you do teach some people about how to write something. I forgot. Help us out. Right, right. Yeah, um, but not political.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I went to uh, Washington last year, actually, and uh, taught... Um, some, some basic grammar and how to write executive summaries, uh, to some executives up there. So yeah, uh, that's what I was doing.
1: (laughs) That impressed (laughs) the heck out of me. (laughs) 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 So I'm glad we're back together. And so, um, yeah, why don't you, uh, tell our view, our audience how you first became, and I know it's been a long time, but how you first became interested in writing. Oh, wow. It has been a long time. You're right. i I think,
0: um all the way back to as far back as I can remember, uh, you know, uh, four or five years old, I've told stories, and I've made up stories. And so even if I couldn't write, I knew that there was uh, <laughs> something about um, hold, yes. even holding a crayon there was there was a power in it that I could feel. and i and I would have to guess that, uh, a child who knows how to sing, you know, who just has that uh, affinity for singing or for painting or for any other talent, you are just naturally compelled to that. And um, so I, I have a distinct memory of, of holding a crayon against a piece of paper and thinking there's something inside of me that wants to come out but I don't know how to get it out. And so when I was in the first grade, because, you know, back in those days, we didn't know how to read or write until we were in the first grade. <laughs> that's um, right. And we learned about, yeah, we learned about, you know, Dick and Jane and Spot and Sally and Puff. Uh, I you actually did. created my, my very first story. And um, and I was a, a, a Dick and Jane writer. Uh, they just didn't know it yet. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I finally realized that that's what it was. But I had always... Like, I would put on little shows in, in my backyard to uh, pretend audiences, and and I would tell stories to my stuffed animals and things like that. So, it goes all the way back. I don't remember not uh, having a story in my mind at some point.
1: Even, you know, Isn't it funny how when God is calling us to do something, we can feel that even as a child. Now, not everybody walks oh, yeah. it through, but I'm amazed at how often people know when they're a child, what they hope to do. Some people don't get to live out that dream like you have, but uh, God just calls us so early.
0: Yes, I think so. I think it's in our DNA. And um, you and I have talked about this previously. There's so much to genetics. Uh, And, you know, you wonder where does this come from? Where does that come from? And, of course, there's this Mm -hmm. renewed interest now or or new interest now in genetics and what we can do with DNA and um, uh, just being able to trace things back and say, oh, that must be where I got that from, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, how long have you actually been writing?
0: Well, my joke is I started at six. (laughs) But uh, well, it's I wrote. I, yeah. true, though. <laughs> it is almost true. Um, I uh, I wrote my first book, and I put little air quotes around that when I was thirteen years old. Um, and I remember in eighth grade, uh, one of my classmates said, oh, "What are you doing?" And I said, oh, "I'm writing a book." Because I was, you know, I, we were supposed to be listening to the teacher, <laughs> but I'm I'm writing my story. And she said, <laughs> "I want to see it." And so I passed her the first page, and you know, within ten minutes my 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 manuscript was being passed up and down the aisle <laughs> as the teacher had her back to us, and she's still writing. Um, oh, so my my classmates always knew, you know i was I was a writer, but i <laughs> I was told in school by a teacher that I would never be a writer, that I would never be a published author, I should say. and uh, And I bought that lie. And so I, I oh, went no. into nursing, and I oh yeah, I mean you know when you're a kid you listen to your teachers, and if they yes, say you oh did. no you can't do that, and and I had this I had this um, illusion that to be a writer you had to have a lot of money and you had to live in New York City and you know different uh-huh. things like that. So I, um, I I thought well you know I, I, I'm I'm from just outside of Savannah uh, in a very um, uh it, it is picturesque a little town called sylvania georgia and you know who does anything you know as my thought was i am from this little town where you know nobody goes anywhere nobody ever leaves everybody's just right here and this is my child's mind i i didn't think it was actually right. transportation that could take you out and uh but but i went into nursing and uh i worked uh in a in a combination of nursing and in law enforcement for a while and um Uh, different things like that. And then at the age of 40, uh, I was uh, homeschooling my youngest daughter who was a national champion roller skater. So we we were homeschooling her because of the time we spent in skating rinks and and on the road and um, took a walk one day and and had an idea and came home and started writing. She was a senior in high school, so I didn't have to hold her hand for anything and uh, started writing and um, uh, within a very short period of time, I was published.
1: Well, that is wonderful, and yeah. um, I am blessed in that my very first manuscript is is going to be published through Firefly. Absolutely, yes. Uh, so it, it it's just a wonderful thing. I don't think I've ever told you this story, but uh, I wrote a book report when I was in sixth grade. And uh, the teacher wrote across the top. Well, she gave me an A plus, but she also uh-huh. wrote in the margin, "Did you do this by yourself?" And uh-huh. that I got that. Mm-hmm. that that set me back a little bit. And then in a second class, uh, I was asked to write a poem, and I wrote a poem from my heart. And one mm-hmm. kid in the class said, "I've heard that poem before. She didn't write that." Oh no. So and and of course that was not true. But right. you get right. these signals along the way, uh yeah. you're you're not gonna do this. I mean somebody is always gonna say something to stop you from doing this. Sure. But yeah, and you might as well get used to that. <laughs> yeah, and again, like you said, as a kid, I was so humiliated that my mm-hmm. fellow students said, I think I've read that before. Uh, And those negative things, and like you said, when you're a child, you take that in so much more than if you were an adult. Absolutely. Even sometimes as adults, you know, when
0: when I'm working with uh, new authors and the first book comes out, And they get, you know, rave reviews like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and and, and different uh, places like that or, you know, any of the, uh, you know, book lists, uh, whatever, uh, gives them a wonderful review. And then someone comes along and says, this is the worst piece of fluff I've ever read in my life, blah, blah, blah. And they'll take that one to heart, not the others, but that one negative, that's what they listen to. Um, and again, you and I have talked about this. This is the way the human brain works. We, we, we tend to attach ourselves to the negative instead of the positive, and we have
1: to... um, Eva's microphone seems to have dropped again. So I'm just gonna go ahead and continue the show. And um, we're gonna talk about uh, my book that is coming out, The Children of Main Street. And don't worry, Eva, I'm sure we'll be right back. So um, I think, no, that's not her yet. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna be published through Firefly, uh, Southern Fiction, which is what Eva is the managing editor of. So uh, as a matter of fact, I owe, uh, what success I'm gonna have, I owe it to Eva because she has been so wonderful. to help me along the way. I'm sure she'll be calling back in any second, but if anyone would like to call in and ask a question, um, then do so. You may call in at 516-453-5123. And in the meantime, um, we will just hope that she's gonna call right back in. But anyway, until she does, my book, is about children who have been victim of divorce. Um, And sometimes in divorce, we start a civil war in our home and the victims that we take is our our children. I'm sorry that I, I sound stumbly. I am trying to get a message to Eva again. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she knows that I've lost her, but until she calls back in, there's not much that I can do except keep talking. And and again, let's just go back and talk to my about my book. Um, It's uh, it's uh, touching in every way. It's a it's called, again, The Children of Main Street. It is uh, a story of children who have been uh, molested. All of them have divorced parents. Some of them have endured uh, murders of their spouse. Um, No, I'm sorry, of their mothers. Um, I'm trying to send Eva a message, so we'll keep going here. Um, Okay, I got a message off to her. And so, but okay, Eva is calling back. Thank okay. you. Okay. I I don't know I what happened. Wanna, I don't either. I winged it and and I talked about it. Are we my having look. fun? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we're no, having I fun. I gone. Hell, and I'm so I'm so upset cuz I was actually I was profound. You should have heard me. I was fabulous. <laughs> well, Why don't you be fabulous again? Uh for I'll well, we try. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try. I I really don't know. I don't know
0: what happened. Um but uh, I got, uh, I, just, I was simply talking about how we hold on to the negatives, you know. We oh, yes, we, we our brains will remember that. Um you know and and I had have, the same situation with with writing absolutely. a poem that you know my
1: teacher's like you didn't write that. Um and and kids take everything in. They take absolutely everything in. And mm-hmm. by the way, uh, most of you know since my show is called the Bridge that I am a psychologist and we have a phrase for that. It's called selective abstraction. Once you get an opinion of yourself, uh, then when people are talking to you, they uh, they will pull out only they will selectively pull out only what supports their Uh, position about themselves in other words if they think I'm stupid they don't hear anybody say oh how clever you are Um, oh how you know great you are they just hear if anybody even implies uh, that they're stupid that's what they hear and it's really sad.
0: absolutely yeah it is it is and it's honestly it's it's taken uh years of of success and God working with me and just having to um, say to myself, this is who you are, not that—not the 12-year-old child, but this is who right. you are. Um, and, and to recognize the talent that God put in me and that if I uh, see it as anything less than what it is, uh, which is a gift. And it is a fabulous gift. Yes. I love that I could. write. I wish I could sing, but I love that I could write. Uh, <laughs> then, then, really, I'm I'm taking this wonderful gift that God gave with me, and I'm throwing it back up in His face. Um, I don't think there's. I don't think it's any accident that writers are so often struggle with self image, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's because it's It, it is a talent that is. It's, it's not an obvious talent. So if you're a painter, you know, if you have the, if you have the ability to draw, uh, that kind of, that's, that's pretty obvious. You know, someone can look at your sketching right. at six and seven years old and say, this child has a talent. Or if you have a talent for singing, you know, by the time you are, you know, old enough to tie your own shoes, you're belting out songs, and someone says, that child can carry a tune. But writing right. is just a little different. It's the thing that we do in secret, and no one knows for the longest time.
1: It absolutely is a solitary profession.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let me see, um, Eva. I know it's a lot. How many books have you written? <laughs> or that? Um, no, actually, well, that got published.
0: Yeah. Okay. So written to publication.
1: Uh almost yeah. the same
0: number as I've written. Yeah, almost the same number as I've written. Unless you oh, no. unless you, you count
1: those you? Yeah,
0: those stories, <laughs> those uh the stories uh that I wrote when I was in school that I still have them in a boot box. You know, I bought a pair of boots and I threw my little composition books into the boot box and I still have that. Um but uh, I I I really stopped counting, I'll be honest, but I know I'm getting close to 40. So
1: yeah, I knew it was above thirty, but I didn't know yeah. how many. I've read most everything you've written, and you know that. And uh, <laughs> to our listening audience, I cannot over recommend Eva's books. I mean, they are. Thank you. She is a wonderful writer, and they they just have a uh, she has a way of turning a phrase, and and that you learn from her books too. And I think that's a wonderful thing.
0: Thanks.
1: Okay, so it's over thirty. Then, Uh, what are your award-winning titles? Because I know you you are a multiple award winner. So yeah,
0: uh, Yeah.
1: well, (laughs) again,
0: it's quite quite a few. Um, I the the Potluck Club, which I wrote with Linda Evans Shepherd, won a Carol Award. That was a that was a huge honor. Reflections of God's Holy Land, which was a nonfiction book written about uh, my walk through Israel with my Jewish friend, Miriam feinberg Vamos, who wrote the book with me, um, won a silver medallion, which is the second highest honor you can get within the ECPA community, which is the the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association. I believe that's correct. Um, I I won an Inspirational Christian uh, Readers Award. um, Again, I think that's what it was called. With uh, the first book in the... Uh, cedar key series uh, which was chasing sunsets and then i i final for Christie again that's such an honor uh for waiting for sunrise which was the second book i've in that series I, i've won several golden scrolls um in 2017 the one true love of Alice Ann was named as one of the uh
1: wonderful content,
0: inspirational uh oh thank you um Top 10 Inspirational Books for 2017 by Booklist. Again, I was I was absolutely blown away by that. That was such an honor. And uh, Alice Ann also won an Illumination Award. It, we won first place uh, in the Illuminations. And then uh, Five Brides, uh, which came out right before Alice Ann, uh, went to number one on the CBA bestseller list and stayed there for a few months. So uh, I, I was Great. very proud of that, obviously. So, yeah. Um, and you, you know, be. the... Uh, well, the yeah the the awards come and go, but honestly, what I love the most is is receiving emails or snail mail. Sometimes uh, it goes to the publishing house, and the publishing house sends it to me uh, from from readers and fans who say your book made a difference. I mean, I like I said, um, uh, Chasing Sunsets won this this very lovely award uh, that's, that's sitting up on a shelf, uh, and it means a lot to me. Uh, except that it comes second to an email that I received from someone, and this was about, this book really dealt with the importance of a father's role in, in the lives of his children. And and this woman emailed me and said, I hadn't spoken to my father, I think she said around 20 years, and her father had reached out to her about a, a year earlier, but she was not ready to, uh, you know, welcome him back into her life, but then she read my book. And she would give her father a second chance. See, that means more to me than the award sitting on my shelf. That's what it's all about right
1: there. Well, that's because you have a good heart and you have such a heart for God and a heart for people. And I have experienced that goodness of your heart myself. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your most popular book uh, slash book series with your fans? Yeah, I'm trying to um, work well, with your there, fans now. Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's two. I think the, the first one is uh, the Potluck Club series that I wrote with Linda Evan Shepherd. That was a, a tremendous amount of fun for us and and it made <laughs> it made women laugh while at the same time kind of getting to the heart of, of what female relationships are all about, especially within the church. <laughs> and then the Cedar yeah. Two series uh, really struck a nerve with a lot of people and and, and, and sold very well um and it's now everything
1: actually, so of everything you've ever written I have read the cedar key series three times and wow. I love all <laughs> I love all of your books but and this and this you might be surprised that my husband has read the series twice wow and how about it you no know, yeah and so uh you know he's not a uh, the kind of manly man, you know, uh, <laughs> my daddy was this and I'm this, I mean, he, he likes right. to read something with heart in it. And so I don't yeah. want our viewing audience or I'm sorry, our listening audience. Yeah, listening, to think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to think these books are just for women. I mean, women will enjoy them, but the Cedar Keys series, uh, I think is for men and women.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too because I it it is familial. It's uh you know it gets to the heart of what's what goes on in in families and mm-hmm. some of the dysfunctions as well as the things that make you know a family successful. Um, right. And I really wanted to give a, just a lot of high praise to the dad to who stick with it. And uh, it's a, it's a very difficult job being a parent, and a, and I know it's a, a very difficult job being a father. And I think even more so in a in an era when their roles are not often appreciated as they were in years past. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I I know that we understand best the love of the Heavenly Father when we have the love of our earthly fathers. And
1: so I, I, absolutely I wanted to make that connection. That. Mm-hmm. Yes. Th- that's I the connection I wanted to make. Okay. I think you were very successful in that. And I mean, the way, uh, you know, me being the shrink, I, I was impressed with the way you handled uh, some mental health issues. Uh, I had a yeah. great appreciation yeah. for that. I mean, you would think you had mental health training, too. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> just in just nursing. <laughs> there you go. Now, what is the book you've written that you like the best?
0: Well, I I think that always and forever, no matter what, no matter what I write, uh, no matter how successful a book is, this fine life will always be my favorite because um, it was set in the late fifties, early sixties. Um, I'm
1: sorry, a, you, it's, I, I
0: it's missed the timeline. Yeah. This oh, fine I love life.
1: that. I read that too. Oh
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and and the, as you know, it it's a it's it tells the story of a young woman uh, who marries uh, young in the, like I said, in the 1950s, and her Mm -hmm. husband decides that he wants to go into the ministry, and she's not even sure how she feels about God. So um, there are some really funny moments throughout, but it it is a sincere look at what happens when, you know, one person in a marriage goes off in one direction and the other one just wants to stay put where where they are. Um, But, you know, I I didn't know a lot about being a wife and a young mother in the 50s and 60s. So every day I would call my mother and we would talk and my mother would go over the fine details of of what it was Mm -hmm. like to be a a young wife and mother in those days. And so uh, the author always gets the, quote, hot off the press copy, you know, the very first copy that comes off the press. And I sent Uh that on to my mother. I wanted her to have it because I felt like without her that book would not exist. And uh, she would call me every night. She would, you know, she would have read x number of pages, and we would discuss it as if we had not discussed it all the way through. But she was really tickled that she got to be a part of that. And um, uh, unbeknownst to either of us, but definitely uh, known to God, my mother died within two weeks of that book being released. So um, that, for oh me, my. is always my connection to her, and, and it's yes. such a sweet connection. Um, you know, at the same time. Uh, writing reflections of God's Holy Land uh, walking through Israel with my Jewish friend and 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 being able to talk about what that does to a person uh, that is of course one of my favorites um, the ornament keeper that's coming out in just a few months uh, which is a Christmas novella uh, it's it's one of my favorites simply because my characters just came to life for me and and uh, just I, they just kept me awake at night, you know. <laughs> so I felt yes. like I really knew who these who these characters were, and I'm excited about this, this story coming out. This book wrote itself; it truly did. Wow! So, uh, you know, reminds- yeah, you, you can always look at a book to
1: open. I love this one. Open. I love that one. But uh, honestly, you know, yeah. this mine life will always be special.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, me growing up in a minister's home caused that book to be very special to me too.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, oh,
1: I yeah. I know what yeah. it's like, you know, uh, I don't, you know, my father w- was probably that young. Uh, well, actually, my father was 19 when he married my mother, who was 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. But then, uh, <laughs> yeah. But then he went into the ministry and um, and I thank God that for my spiritual heritage. In that way.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah absolutely
1: yeah and and you know
0: i interviewed a lot of pastors and pastor's wives and said tell me what happened that first year that you were in ministry and everything that you read about uh from the time he accepts his first position until the end of the book is all based on true stories and there's really funny stories in there but also um will help you take a, a good look at the way pastors and their, and their families are treated. Like there's no privacy. There's you know, nothing sacred.
1: Yeah. And I, uh, feel like I, and I, I really wanted to express that. Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. Exactly. I mean,
1: there's, there's people who will just nearly bow at the foot of the pastor, which you really don't want that. But, you know, in their hearts, they would do anything. Right. But there is always somebody looking for even one of his children. To do something wrong, mm-hmm. and, oh, and there were five of us, you know, so we could have done a lot wrong. Actually, we were good kids, but uh, good. yeah, uh, they took you know they they picked our lives apart as much as they came after my dad. So that that's another you know, like I said, I identified with that book mm-hmm. so much, and you know the, the woman that was just mean to the to the couple in your story. Uh, You know, you just don't ever understand. You know why people decide to to be mean to the pastor or the pastor's wife, as it as it uh, is. Okay, Um, listening audience, we have lost Eva Maria again. Um, I know that she wants to tell us a lot about word weavers when she calls back. she is the president of Word Weavers, as I have told you. She Okay, sh, sh, here she is again. Okay, I'm turning on her microphone. Yeah. Everything is going to be yeah. just fine. Okay, Eva, you back with me? Yeah. I am. I am. Okay, not, good. I I'm be- not touching my phone, and I'm not moving. I don't know what the I, deal is. <laughs> I know. I got a text from um, the main person on... Um, she, she started the Along Came a Writer network, and uh-huh. I got a text, and she said, "I hate that that happened to you, but you handled it like a champ." And she said, there "Sometimes the signal is just not very strong, and that that yeah. will cause it. So um, if you drop again, and I pray that you don't, just call back immediately, just like
0: just, just like, like what you did.
1: Uh huh, <laughs> and I." I yeah. While you were away, I said that I knew when you came back, you would want to say something about Word Weavers. So, do you want to do Absolutely. that now? Absolutely. Uh,
0: word Weavers began as five writers uh, sitting around a dining room table in 1997, and I was one of the five. I had been writing for a uh, children's ministry for about a year. And uh, the church that I attended was the Mega Church here in Orlando area uh, that I was attending at the time. Uh, they, you know, uh, there was a little notice in our newsletter that said, you know, if you're a writer and you'd like to get together and try to help each other, you know, meet on this date at this time and this place. And so I went. Um, almost didn't make it. I got lost, which is easy for me to do. I, I get I get lost all the time, uh, and I almost didn't go, but but I did make it, and I look back on that now, and I just think how good God is that it worked out that that I didn't accept that defeat of, oh, well, I'm lost again. I'll just go on back home, but there were five of us, and um, we didn't know what we were doing. We We at least put one foot in front of the other, and as time went on and we began to grow, we needed an organization and uh, I don't know why God chose to put this idea for what is now word weavers into my head but he did um, and so we organized it uh, this was probably probably three years after so probably around 2000 2001 by this point and uh, all that to say we we've been in existence now for uh, 21 years, a little over 21 years. We have 650 members all over the world. Um, Great. And uh, our goal is to, uh, you know, we it, we have a three-tiered goal. It's, it's critique and community and conferences. So through the community, we critique each other. Uh, we, we critique each other's work. We have a certain method of that that absolutely works Uh, uh we, we, like I said, it's a formula. Uh, I don't know that we made it up because we certainly didn't, but I think we perfected it. And, uh, and then also to get our members to conferences so that their work can then be seen. But uh, yes. so if, if any of your listeners want to know more about it, it's uh, word-weavers.com. And uh, we are Word Weavers International. If you just type that into a search engine, you'll find out more about us. Well, we're represented in seven countries, including the United States um and uh we have 650 members now with chapters all over the US That's Great online chapters as well
1: Yeah. yeah
0: yes and a lot of award winners and i'm proud of that so proud of that
1: yes i i noticed at the florida conference when you had people stand up who were a member of word weavers i meant 3 quarters of of the audience stood up and right. so right I, yes I, I, yeah it's obviously a very successful thing. They wouldn't stay with it if it didn't help them. This,
0: this is so true. And, uh, you know, I was, just came back from the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference, and I'm the contest director there. And uh, whenever I'm calling names up to the stage to get awards or certificates, uh, I am so pleased when I recognize a name. I don't, I don't know every word <laughs> we were because that's a lot of people now. But uh, uh-huh. I do recognize the names because I put in all the data, and I communicate with everyone that comes into the organization personally. So I, um, I, I am at least aware of the names. And when I see the names of the people who have been a part of the organization, I, I always sound <laughs> like a mother hen. I'm so proud of my little chickens. I don't. I just don't know what to do. So. Um, and again, that for me, it's better than winning my own award. Is is seeing the people, oh, the the writers amazing. who I have helped train. I, I really, it really is. I, I, I feel like I'm getting it. You know,
1: it's it's just it's a, a thrill oh, for me. Good. I'm, I'm just a mother hen, just a mother hen. I okay. can't help it. You are, and did that apply to me too when I won at your conference Absolutely. in two thousand and seventeen? <laughs> Absolutely, I, I couldn't be <laughs> there. I had pneumonia, no, but I had for the conference. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: so, yeah. I, I do. A, I do my own private little jig, you know, in my chair. I just do this little dance. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, they <baby."> did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. Um, okay, I have uh, other questions to ask you. You hold a wonderful conference in Florida every year, and I have been to the last two, and I have enjoyed it tremendously. Um, Why did you decide to be a conference leader? Um, You know, I don't know if there wasn't one in Florida. Like I don't have anything else to do? Yeah. Yeah, um, Well, it 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 all kind of just happened...
0: Yeah, I, I just love torturing myself. I It all happened kind of naturally. Uh, word Weavers uh, in, in 2012, the latter part of 2012, we decided to incorporate and become a 501c6. Uh-huh.
1: And about that oh, same okay.
0: time, uh, Billy Wilson, who had led the Florida Christian Writers Conference for 25 years, uh, wanted to retire from that. And, and so it, it was just kind of a natural progression that we said, well, we'll take it. And basically, WordWeavers purchased it, um, so it, it became, it came under our umbrella. And oh, then this okay. year, we're actually, yeah, so WordWeavers actually own Florida, the Florida Conference, and, and part of being a member of WordWeavers is that you, you get a discount to the Florida Conference, you know, because you are right. a member. You also get a discount to um, the North Georgia Christian Writers Conference, which is coming up in August. We also own that one as well. And a lot of conferences actually will offer WordWeavers discounts, you know, because you're a member of WordWeavers, they offer you a discount to their
1: conference. Well, that's uh, wonderful. I knew you did, but I did not know that other people did. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So do you enjoy being a conference leader? Uh, At times. (laughs) (laughs) At times so. (laughs) Uh, It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of work, but um when it's all over, you know, like the, all, all the way up to it, I'm saying, I'm not doing this again next year. I'm not doing this again next year. And <laughs> then we get to it. I don't and it's believe so much you. Uh, I do. You, you ask, ask my, my team. And that's one good thing is I do have a fabulous team, but I'm constantly quitting and, uh, and they just laugh at me. I think they know that I'm just full of it, but um, <laughs> at, you know, at the, uh, during the conference, everything's just, it's so much fun. And then at the end of the conference, you're exhausted, but you're so happy that you did this. There's such a sense of satisfaction. And I, I know that's exactly where I'm supposed to be.
1: Good. I've been with you and watched you as a conference leader. And I've been with you at other conferences where we could just be friends and hang out. And I did mm-hmm. notice there was, um, you were much more tired when you are the conference director. And I know everybody was looking for you at every minute.
0: <laughs> well, there's there's so many fires uh, to put out, you know, and you don't yes. see them. The conferees don't see them, but we see them. And uh, I'm running in about 400 different directions. So I don't have that luxury of just sitting down with someone and and taking a breath. You know, it's, it, it comes very rarely. Um, there's still in moments along the way, but not a whole lot of uh, rest for the weary. In that case, but it's still fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm so sure. glad I get to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, if when you're up on stage with Mark, you look like you are just having the time of your life. And people have asked me that don't know you, is she always that much fun, and is she always, <laughs> uh, you know, does she is is her heart really uh, as good as she comes across on the stage? And my answer was very simple: what you see. Is what you
0: get. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You know, and I, Mark Hancock is who you're speaking of. He is uh, the vice president of Board Weavers and my uh, co director, although we, we say also director uh, because we're both the directors. I, I didn't want that director co director kind of a thing uh, when we took it on. I said, we're just, we're, we're both the directors. And uh, Mark and I have known each other now for, I don't know, close to a decade. And We just the moment we met, we had that brother sister, like you would have thought we knew each other our whole life, that that kind of give and take back and forth. And the first time we got on stage together, I don't know what happened, but this Donnie and Marie (laughs) thing happened. And, uh, you know, it it was like one thing with each other all the time, talking to each other, cutting up together. yeah. You know, and, and then all of a sudden we got on stage and people were laughing at us and I thought, wow, why are they laughing? This is just Mark and Eva, you know, oh, it's, but it, 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 so it's so it's so fun real. to
1: watch. Yeah. 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 It, it's yeah, just and, real. And, and <laughs> think, it's just the way we are. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why, you know, conferees uh, at your conference who knew I knew you that I think that fun and the, and the good heart and the sincerity you know, cause them to ask me, is she really like this? And I know you're really like this. (laughs) So I'm glad to pass
0: on the news. What you see is what you get. Exactly. Thank you.
1: Okay. Uh, How did you get your uh, big break? When you had, you had written a book and Mm -hmm. you finish it or, or maybe you didn't finish it. Maybe you took the first 1500 words or whatever, um, yeah, I finished mine, and uh, mine was complete when I went to my first conference too. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. can you talk with us about that a little bit?
0: Well, I'll be about honest. My first conference, I went as a, I, I went. I, yeah, I went to my first conference as a faculty member, so I never actually went wow. to a conference with an idea. Uh, I had. I had gone to. Um, I had an opportunity to go to what was then called. CBA, which was the Christian Booksellers Association International Convention. Right. It's now called ICRS. Um, I had this opportunity to go back in those days, and this was in 1999. You could talk to the editors who were on the floor. the The acquisitions editors would be there. And I had this little idea. I had already written the novel, but I had put it away. And I had an idea for a nonfiction book in 1999. There were not a lot of, of novels being published, so I knew right. not to go, with, you know, with that idea. But I did have an idea for a nonfiction book, and I went in. I had it. I had a book proposal that I had read up on how to do that, and uh, <laughs> and I sat down and I had my little idea and I had my pitch. I, it, you know, we called it an elevator pitch. I didn't even know what an elevator pitch yes. was. I just knew that I I had to say what I had to say and I had to get it said very quickly and yes. um and I and I just did I did everything right but I didn't know what I was doing. That's the bottom line. I did <laughs> not know what I was doing. I walked in blind. That's why it's so important to me now that I teach people what to do. You know, don't don't just go in blind. You'll be a whole lot better off. But um I you know, it was just the it was just the grace of God. Nine days later, I received a phone call from one of those editors saying, "We want to offer you a contract." And I, I thought, that is so wonderful. <laughs> it's well, it's, crazy. Uh, I, it's my Cinderella story, but that's the way it
1: goes, you know. Well, you know, I pitched um, the first time at Blue Ridge, and mm-hmm. I have to tell you, within a couple of weeks, I heard from an um, editor agent too. So yeah. what can I say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what
0: can you say? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. yeah. It's just the right
0: timing. You know, and I know with your story with me, see, it, it connected to me. And yeah. uh, with with uh, that's what happened with Susan Schlebaugh, who was my first editor. It connected with her. Um, and yeah. so that, you know, mm-hmm. she saw that potential and that possibility. So, uh, I, but, you know, the funny thing is, is I was so green. I knew absolutely nothing. I had never taken a class on writing. I just I just wrote and I remember after signing the contract, sitting in front of my computer and thinking, Oh, brother, I gotta write this thing now. You know? And I just didn't know what I was doing, but I had a, I had enough knowledge to get going and I think that's why God Like took me to the heights that he has taken me to and allowed it to happen so quickly because I have met writers who are way better than I am, but they can't get a break. But I think that's why it happened with me because God knew I would turn around and say, follow me, follow me. I'm going to teach you the way, you know, and that's exactly what I do.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate how instrumental you have been in my career. Uh, You've just opened doors for me and it's just been a wonderful relationship, and now we're friends, and I am very, very proud of that. Okay, have you have you always been an avid writer? Well, I can tell my um, my listening audience that Eva's call has dropped again, but I know that she will call back in very shortly. Um, and I would like to remind you that. Well, we've talked about it, but that she is the director of the Florida Christian Writers. Here she is. Let me turn her mic on. And that will take just a second to do that. It's connecting. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, you are. (laughs) I was just uh, going over some of your credentials uh, while you were gone. I I told the, the listening audience that I knew you would be right back. And so I was telling them, you know, some of the things that you've done but nothing, you know, particular that uh, is not on on the list of questions. But I want to know, Eva, if you have always been, and this is an important question to me, have you always been an avid reader? Absolutely. Yeah, as far back as
0: I can remember. A book, a book, a book. And, uh, you know, there's a, a book I read when I was a young girl. It was called Renee. I wish I knew who wrote it. I wish I still had it. Uh, I got it from the library, so I wouldn't still have it. But uh, right. I've looked for it and looked for it and looked for it, and then not been able to find it. Um, but when I was I was five or six years old, my um, uh, grandmother and aunt gave me a book called "To Dance to Dream." I still have it because I was I was a, an avid dancer as well. I I loved uh, taking my dance classes and. I still have that book, and I just remember uh, reading it and reading it and reading it. And uh, there have been books like that along the way that I have i've just I've read over and over and over again. The book that I read, I was probably fourteen years old uh, that that just cemented my desire to be a writer was a book called Mr. and Mrs. Bojo Jones, because I felt like i I became July Jones, who was the main character of the uh-huh. story. And, and I still have my, my original copy. And then when I turned 40, uh, no, when I turned 50, I'll take it back. When I turned 50, um, a very dear friend of mine and his wife, both dear friends of mine, gave me a first edition hardback that they found of that book. I had the little Scholastic, oh. the Scholastic you know, school club uh, paperback, 25 cents. Edition uh, (laughs) that was falling apart, but they they found the the hardback uh, first edition
1: for me, and uh, oh, I I treasure it.
0: I absolutely treasure it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have always always been an avid uh, reader. You know, I've gone to sleep every night of my life with a book in my hand. Oh yeah, and I'm Mm -hmm. always amazed at at writers that say they don't have time to read. Uh, Before I ever started come into conferences, I read a lot about writing. And Stephen King has a book called Stephen King's on Writing. All right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I read that book. And it said, you don't have the right to call yourself um, a writer if you don't read. And I thought, That's right. I got you. I'm covered.
0: <laughs> I'm covered. Yeah, I'm covered. Yeah, I know. I'm I, I don't. I, I, we hear excuses like that in, in the, you know, uh, the especially the conference world. Oh, I don't want to be influenced. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, yes, you uh, uh, do. Yeah. You want to be influenced by good writers. Of course you do. Yes, you do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, right. it's crazy.
0: If, I don't want to be influenced.
1: My childhood <laughs> inspiration for starting to write have, do you remember the Betsy Tacy Tibb books?
0: I do. I do. Oh, okay.
1: Yes. That was my, um, I, you know, I was just a little kid. I don't even remember yeah. how old. But, you know, Betsy became a writer. Mm-hmm. Of the three, she became a writer. And so I wanted to write so bad. And my mom was so sweet. Uh, we lived in the housing uh, a housing project. I'm not ashamed to say that at all. And um, they had huge pantries, and my mother was so impressed with the first thing I tried to write. She set me up a little, a little tiny desk and chair in the laundry room. Oh.
0: And, you know,
1: so she, I know she was always so supportive of my efforts. And I wrote a play, and we had the play in the backyard. I don't know why of you course. and I never well, we've probably never had the time to discuss all of this, but it's amazing how similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that our background has been.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. For, uh, and this, uh, I understand this so personally, but for those who have true stories to to share, tell us why it's sometimes important to write them as fiction. Um, well, for a couple
0: of reasons. One is that uh, when, like, when we're at writers' conferences and someone comes up and says, "I want to, I want to write my memoir," and we we listen to what they're saying and it's a compelling story, the problem is is no one knows who they are, so it's not right. as exciting. Let's say as if, um, uh, you know, for example, I remember uh, the book that Catherine Hepburn wrote. I think it was called My Life. I think it was just that, or Me. I, I, no, it was called Me. Yeah, um sure and it was it was a fascinating fascinating account of her life and i enjoyed it very much but you know she's katherine hepburn so of course you know you're going to be interested in, in what she has to say about her life but jane smith comes along and has had a wonderfully exciting life and, and learned some life lessons along the way but no one knows who jane smith is and so unless right. jane smith has suddenly developed a, a a massive following uh no one's going to know however Jane can take what she's learned through those life lessons and apply mm-hmm. it into a work of fiction, and, and it actually may get noticed. Um, we often say that the first work of fiction has more of ourselves in it. In my case, that's not true, but um, it has more of ourselves in it than, uh, than any other book. Uh, mine is My first work of fiction has absolutely nothing with me in it. I didn't know that rule yet. Uh, but I can see bits and your, pieces of myself first in subsequent one? work. My first book of, what... of fiction, it's called Shadow of Dreams, and uh, it's definitely not my story. A lot of people will ask me if it was my story. It was not.
1: Okay. Is that still available? Or is it out of print?
0: Uh, I think it's out of print, but you can, you know, oftentimes you can find it on Amazon and you know, uh, you know, eBay or whatever. So okay, uh, every so often people tell me, "Oh, I came across a copy of it." So yeah, that was my first, and it it became part of a, a three book series uh, called the Shadow Series, and it, it was okay. kind of a, uh, kind of a mystery, I guess, <laughs> suspense
1: mystery. Okay, I have a question here that, did I let you finish your answer on that?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's it, yeah, yeah,
1: and you you have to be very careful, though, you know,
0: whenever you're writing nonfiction about your life, because you're going to draw other people's story into your story, so you have to be very careful Uh about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, I, I know it is your life, but um, how has being a writer changed your life?
0: Well, it's the longest job I've ever held down.
1: <laughs> so, I was gonna um, say if it you be really silent yeah. that long again, I'm gonna think your call has dropped.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh no. It's it's honestly, I mean it it's the longest the longest thing I've ever stuck to. I love it so much. Um, but I was—I always, I always had a restless spirit, and uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I do love writing. We can write a project, we can write a novel, we can write a nonfiction book, and mm-hmm. you know, within a in a year or so, we're moving on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, but okay. I, I I I've loved everyone I've met, and uh, well, not everyone, but most everyone I've met along the way, and uh, <laughs> you know. I've gotten to do some things I otherwise would have never gotten to do, and seen some places I otherwise would have never seen.
1: I know. I think one of the, well, I, I said it, but I want to revisit it. One of the things you impressed me the most with is uh, going to Washington D.C. to teach people how to write. Uh, what was it? You? I can't remember. Brief executive
0: of, executive summaries. E- executive executive Yeah, for their that, company. That
1: just, mm-hmm. Yeah, that just impressed the heck out of me. I mean, I. <laughs> me <up>. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we have got a little bit of time left here. Is there anything that I have not asked you that you would like to share? Because I know you have a new book coming out on Eric Little. And mm-hmm. I know no, that, that, that came have, out
0: two months ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, well, I didn't yeah. know that, and I haven't ordered it yet.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I think or, that maybe I think it's my first biography. Yeah, I think it's my first biography. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it with Eric Eichinger. Um I'm the with author, as as we call it in this industry. the The title of the book is "The Final Race," and uh, it's you know kind of beyond "Chariots of Fire." Eric Little was, of course, the 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 featured character in "Chariots of Fire," but it's what happened to the real eric little after the race and um uh, his his world war 2 story and and then the ornament keeper comes out uh, a few months uh from now and that is a christmas novella it will be out toward the end of
1: september i'm very excited about both of these books i am excited about that too i believe i have pre-ordered that one good um, yeah well i'm a, you know i'm a fan <laughs> And thank and the, you well, i'm and I'm not just a fan. Uh, key series touched my life. And uh, it caused me to go back and say to myself, "How close are you to your children? Can mm-hmm. they come to you with anything? Is there something, you know, if they ever act mad at me, is there something?" could have done differently. So I didn't just like the writing. It actually changed me. Now we're down to where I need to thank you for being my guest Thank you, Marilyn. Okay, and I enjoyed this very much and keep listening to the show. I'm Marilyn Houghton Marriott. Bye-bye for today. Bye everybody. (laughs) There you go. Okay.